on this week's episode, is it time to renew our Kingdom Hearts? Is it a runaway win for Sonic? And is Severance the best show on television? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, PopCultureCosmos.com. We're also the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. And if you check out Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, you'll also see the latest news and trends of pop culture each and every day we post an update for you right there. Plus Humanic Media, all the great things that we do with Vampires and Vitae as well. Big shout out to Melinda and everything that we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is our own guy on the severance floor for Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to go and check out what he's doing today at PopCultureCosmos.com. Humanica Media with not only one, but two great shows, Topic Ocalypse and the Super BS Gamescast, plus his amazing book, which you have not gotten yet, which I know you need. No, it's not the you, you are, but it is. Congratulations, you suck. It is now available at Amazon and Barnes Noble. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson, a.k.a. Josh Culture Cosmos. What's up, man? What is up? Okay, two things. Topicocalypse is defunct, so anyone going to find that's just like back episodes is not that no new. Yeah, well, you're still checking out. People still can check still, it out. Yeah, yeah. If they want to, you still check it out. Two, I was reading an article recently from the director of Tales of Arise. You know, I talked about that on the show, how much I enjoyed that game. Yeah. And he says there are no plans for a direct sequel to the game. It got me thinking, like, it's not like the beefiest of games, but it's pretty long, you know, pretty good story. It ties everything up in the end pretty well. These games that put out these, like, every three years, you know, they have a big title come out, whether it's Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts or, you know, the Tales games or whatever it might be. Some of these other JRPG titles like the Atelier stories. Do they need direct sequels? Because I feel like these games are all individual entries. So do we need direct sequels to a lot of these like final fantasy is done final fantasy 13 2 no don't even get me started on three i know but i mean like in kingdom hearts like kingdom hearts dream drop distance or kingdom hearts whatever their long dumb titles are called do we need these games does anybody actually want them just need good storytelling that's all you need just need good original stories does not have to be fixated on something i know when something reaches a level of success everybody clamors like for instance severance we're going to be talking about that here in a little bit everybody's just waiting for season two that's understandable because there's a continuous plot line and stories that people are connected to and that's great 
But for the most part, people don't necessarily need sequels. They just need good storytelling. You can put the characters in a different spot or somehow tie it loosely to whatever was successful for, but you don't need direct sequels per se. No, and I agree with you. Now, that's what got me thinking. Like, I did not like Final Fantasy XIII 2 or XIII 3. I'd never played any of the Kingdom Hearts spinoffs just because they sound, you know, the, the mainline games are exhausting in themselves. Well, it's the old adage that we've said here on the show before. You cannot tell me a complete and coherent storyline for either Final Fantasy or also as well, The Fast and Furious, which we'll be talking about <laughs> on today's show. Right, yeah. Anyways, all this to say that the uh, Tales of Arise director said that just wait for the next game in the series to come out, and I respect that. You know, we don't need any more sequels to games that don't need them. Sounds good to me, my friend. Sounds good to me. Original stories is what I'm after, and that's what we'll talk about on today's show with Severance. I'll go ahead and mention my thoughts on the season, as it were. Season one has ended and concluded in dramatic and awesome fashion, so I'll go ahead and share my thoughts on that here in a bit. We'll also as well talk about a lot of great things, including update you on the box office, the troubles and perilous future for Ezra Miller. We'll also be talking about Tokyo Vice, my first three episodes with that. Halo, episode three as well. Moon Knight, episode two. Also as well, we'll be talking about some video games. Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. Is it about two years too late for that game? We'll talk about that. Kingdom Hearts, Tomb Raider. They both had new announcements on that front. We'll also talk about Unreal Engine 5 and maybe even a little bit of Sherlock Holmes and Fast 10 on the back end of the show. Plus Todd Showalter from The Right Mind. He's on the back end of the show talking with me about pop culture. Some of the things that I've gotten him into, I got him into Severance. He checked out the first couple episodes. Plus we'll be talking about the influence of social media on pop culture on the back end of the show as well. But first, my friend, it is the box office and Sonic speeding on by. It actually garnered well above expectations with $71 million earning here at the U.S. domestic box office. And it really, is, it's going to score well on a worldwide basis as well. It is something that I think a lot of people were hoping would do well. The perilous future for that series, because Jim Carrey has announced that he is leaning towards retirement in this new wave of actors or that are thinking about retirement. Marky Mark, as Mark Wahlberg, has also contemplated that in public statements recently. But your thoughts on Sonic winning the big prize this weekend, and we'll actually go into a lot more details about some of the things that went on right below Sonic the Hedgehog in the box office this weekend as well. So I have very good memories of going to see the first Sonic movie. Like this was the last movie that I saw before the pandemic started. We were up at a cabin up by Yosemite near Bass Lake and we went to go see Sonic. You know, it's one of those small town theaters where you can get drinks and candy and all that for like less than five bucks. And really, they still exist. Oh my gosh, they do. This theater was amazing. So we went in there, we watched the movie, and then like two weeks later, we came out. We started hearing news reports of people saying like, "Oh, hey, toilet paper's going bye bye on at the grocery store shelves." And I didn't even believe any of that. But it, you know, we went to the store the next day, and toilet paper is all gone. Paper towels are all gone. All the pasta is being bought up is the last thing that I saw after taking a break from the movie theaters for like almost two years. Me and my family, we loved Sonic. So we're we're excited to go see the new Sonic movie. 
I'm hearing good things. And Idris Elba's time as Knuckles, I hear, is pretty cool. You know, I was reading that he wanted to do a more high-pitched voice, but they wanted Knuckles to be more of like a brawler, tough guy sound to him. So mm-hmm. I think Idris Elba is very talented, and I think he's, you know, having him as a voice actor is a really neat type of thing. I did hear about Jim Carrey saying that he might retire from acting, but then all of a sudden all these other articles are popping up about him reprising roles under certain conditions so how much of that and all that yeah yeah so i don't know how much of that you believe but i do remember the director of sonic reading that he said he would not recast robotnik which sent me down an interesting thought line here like what if the movies introduced a new villain and then that created a whole new direction for the games like that would be kind of cool that would be kind of cool i'm hoping that someday we will go ahead and see a sonic the hedgehog three well there is a three there's just not a four yeah well we'll we'll see oh oh sorry are you talking about the movie or yeah we just talked about not going into sequels and look at we're talking about sequels so it's kind of funny how we do that but for this i think it needs a sequel plus also as well it continues the upward momentum for video games on entertainment platforms that's what I really want to focus on with Sonic the Hedgehog. Whether you like it or don't like it, whether you think it's good or not, I thought the first one was eh. It was all right. It was just kids fair. Yeah. It was a good popcorn flick, you know? Yeah, wasn't it? I'm liking the fact that, again, it's another video game IP that's doing well on an entertainment-wide basis. So we can talk about Uncharted, even though the movie Uncharted, I didn't like it. But if it appealed to a mass audience enough to warrant a sequel, that will continue the line of Hollywood going into the IPs for video games. So we may see a Mass Effect. So we may see a Gears of War. So we may see other famous video game IPs used in the entertainment platform. To me, that's the ultimate goal. So no matter how much we'll talk about Halo and how (laughs) it is, and some other things that are going on in the world of video games and how they're reaching out into a entertainment platform. That to me is the big win in all of this. And that shows to me that people will go ahead and check out video game movies. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is a winner. And of course, the video game industry, every time there's now a success, like we saw with Halo a couple of weeks ago with the largest opening for a series for Paramount Plus, it means there are more opportunities available for video games. But On the backside of the box office, (laughs) I do want to mention that I'm so happy that Everything Everywhere All at Once, one of the best movies of the year, around $6 million for its limited opening in theaters. But Ambulance was also the other wide release this weekend at the theaters, and it tanked. It uh, it bombed. You know, I'm hearing, though, that people actually kind of liked them like well, the it got an a minus cinema score so yeah. whoever's going to see it they're actually liking it right but yeah, 8.7 million dollars here at the domestic box office for something that was in wide release in over 2,000 3,000 theaters that's got to be a major disappointment and a sign people are tired of michael bay's theatrics his his whole directing shtick and the fact that you tried to go ahead and center this movie around an ambulance I think that whole premise kind of spoke for itself. You know, I was thinking about this over the last week after seeing those articles originally pop up is Michael Bay is a filmmaker of the 90s. Like he never broke out of that mold, like the 90s, early 2000s. Like he never pulled himself 
Agreed. out of that mold. Like he's a spectacle filmmaker. He, while he makes spectacles well, his movies are always lacking in compelling stories. And I think that's a big issue because the film goer is different in 2022 as opposed to what they were 10, 20 years ago. Back then, everyone wanted to just see like explosions, lens flares, really cool things. This is why I'm watching this. I want to really push my surround sound system to the brink, you know, but now people are sitting there wanting something that compels them, something that makes them think. And yeah. I know we just got done talking about popcorn flicks and there's a time and a place for those, but I don't think that Michael Bay's films are necessarily popcorn flicks either. They're just very harsh, I guess, is like the word I'm thinking of here. Like it's a lot of noise and just a lot of intense visuals. Well, it's actually a quick demise for Michael Bay because a lot of his movies in the past decade have fallen on hard times. I think he needs to go the way that we're seeing now with Michael Mann, who's executive producing and actually directed the first episode of Tokyo Vice. Maybe he needs to go into the world of streaming with a series maybe he can latch onto that might reignite his career and reignite his name in the industry. I think that's a better way to go for him than just going ahead and saying, okay, we're going to give you $100 million. Go ahead and make a two-hour movie that won't do anything at the box office. Right. It seems like what he makes is very forgettable, though if you watch something, like you don't forget how much you didn't like it. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, there's still a lot of great things out there because Sonic the Hedgehog 2 seems to be a big hit with people, so that's a great sign for the video game industry indeed. But your thoughts out there on the box office? Did you go get a chance to see Sonic? What are your thoughts on Sonic the Hedgehog 2 or Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is also doing well in limited release, or even Ambulance, which, again, people are liking that go see it, but not a lot of people are seeing it. But let us know your thoughts on this weekend at the box office. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. We've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh, jock and Nerd! Well, there's so much more to talk about on today's episode, my friend. Wanted to go ahead and touch on the shows we've been watching. We've got a list of them right now that we've been watching. And I will end the half hour on the one that I have the highest most thoughts on. But it's our weekly reminder on, speaking of video game entities now in the entertainment world, Halo. It's episode three, my friend. Cortana has now been fully integrated, quote unquote, with Master Chief. Master Chief decided to actually take out his emotion chip that was another major part of this episode and he is now trying to rediscover himself and this new integrated part of himself as well this show is still not endearing me i don't know with this spy this this human that is now part of the covenant that she is now reintegrating herself with the humans but she ended up killing off a entire crew of the unsc with it's was the it? hunter, the uh, I forget what their 
like name is in the show, but they're the hunters from the games. Like beneath their arm, it's a hive of these worm-like things. Okay, so that work together as a body. It's just the armor keeps them keeps them in form, and so that's why they show that quick glimpse of her on the ship, and you see like the the little worm thing popping out of the knee armor piece. Okay, fair enough. And she also has laser nails. So that was very interesting yeah, that was to see. Interesting. Yeah. So your thoughts, this show isn't getting much better for me, but I'm still going to trek through it. I told you I, I would. Not exactly loving what I'm seeing, but your thoughts on Halo Episode 3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said you were on the fence. Have uh, you fallen yeah, off? It's, I'm still on the fence, but I'm like hanging on by just a couple fingers, you know, like. I want so bad to like this show, but it's just nothing's happening. What really defines the game is you have these two or three minute cinematics, but it's almost every five seconds you're being thrown into another firefight of some kind. The show is incredibly lacking in any action at all. I love that they're trying to humanize the Master Chief, like the emotion chip being pulled down and everything. Cool. But why? What's the purpose of this? Is this a show about the Master Chief or is this a show about Halo? This series just is not being directed well. That's all I'll say. No, and ultimately we know that Master Chief and that lady are going to have a confrontation of some kind. It'll probably be a fight. Yeah. But you get a lot of Master Chief's feelings and stuff, I guess, in the games. But they don't really humanize Master Chief very well. They, they started to recently. In the show, they're humanizing Master Chief, which is cool. But it's not Halo. You're not getting the richer mythology in the entire Halo universe. You're just kind of like going from place to place. And that other character, Quan, I'm not really attached to her at all. Like, I don't know why they keep showing her. Like, I hope maybe there will be some kind of payoff in the end where she'll have some big story. There's a complete and total lack of action in the show. And the whole thing with like, oh, hey, I need to build a clone of myself. I need to like do a lobotomy on her and scan her brain while she's dying and put it into the Master Chief's AI hole they dug in the back of his head. That doesn't make any sense to me because, you know, in the game, she just did, she like a scanned chip. her. It's a chip. It's a chip. She scanned her brain, put it onto a chip and gave it to Master Chief. Like she, it was the AI. It wasn't meant to like keep him from doing things. And I just felt that that whole thing was unnecessary sitting there going, are they going to stick that needle in her eye? Like that just felt incredibly unnecessary. This is going to appeal like Uncharted. This is going to appeal to an audience that is not familiar with the video games a lot more than the people who love the video games. Simple yeah. as simple as that. You've got this, the insurrectionist, the level of insurrection, because now there's different levels of insurrectionists as mm-hmm. far as the different types that are in the show that are for or against the UNSC. Then you have the Covenant, and then you have the UNSC side of things, and you've mashed them all together. You've not told a great story in any one of these aspects. So there's nothing compelling for people to follow in any one of these aspects. So that's why it's continuing for me as a sludge to go through. So yeah, it's really been a disappointment so far. But again, if it's getting the ratings, that's all I care about. Because again, it will allow other video game shows to be on an entertainment platform. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I looked at IGN's rating after the show. Uh, yeah, out. I don't get it. I don't it's know. It's a either. seven. Everything that's or an eight. episode. Yeah. Every, well, yeah. Last week's got an eight. The first episode was a seven. This episode was a seven. Like I, it almost feels like they're 
being told to give this rating because if I'm sitting there thinking like, man, this is actually not that great, you know, how is it still getting a seven from all these publications? Yeah, you know, it makes you wonder if they're getting some some pay for it. But and honestly, I think that having a harsh review on an episode, like saying, oh, this episode gets like a four or five would really make the producers sit back and go like, oh, maybe we need to change something, you know? Well, again, it's our thoughts on Halo Episode 3, just not going in the direction we want to go in. But if you have thoughts, let us know. Also want to mention Moon Knight Episode 2. I know Melinda and I talked about it, but where is it going for you on Moon Knight Episode 2? I don't know. I really like it. It's interesting. It's really pulling me in. Me and my wife sit there and we watch it. But so far, like I'm I'm enjoying it. It has its it's funny, you know, it's got its comedy, but it's also got its seriousness. And I love that comparison of the two, Steven and Mark. And Steven's this guy who doesn't really know what he's doing. And he's, you know, he fell off the building going suit, suit, and he has a different moon knight costume than Mark does. It's a very interesting show going through it. And for the other Marvel shows that have been on, whether WandaVision or Captain America or, you know, Loki, I've watched it because I just felt obligated to. But like this show, I'm actually, I'm genuinely excited to watch. It's a pretty good show for me as well. Again, it's not as far as there as Hawkeye for me, because Hawkeye, I think, yeah. was the best Marvel show out there. But this is pretty good. The dynamic between Mark Spector and Stephen Grant, I agree with you on that. It's, it's still very interesting. And now Mark Spector seems to have control right now of the body of the Avatar for Kanchu, as it were, as we're heading into Episode 3, halfway through already on Moon Knight. So that's something people need to keep in mind as we go ahead and through the series but yeah things are looking good so far and again i'm i'm finding it interesting my daughters are finding it interesting as well so i'm really looking forward to seeing more of moon knight i can't recommend it enough to people as of right now i will mention before we go ahead and head to the break that tokyo vice the first three episodes are now available on hbo and hbo max i just wanted to mention that this series is about a young American reporter who is trying to climb up through the ranks in one of Tokyo's largest newspaper as he details in his way the work of the Tokyo underworld and the Yakuza and everything that's going on there. And he aligns himself with a seasoned police de- detective in order to go ahead and try to uncover what's going on with all these shadow companies and the whole nine yards as far as an impending Yakuza war between different families. That's going to be setting itself up in these episodes because it's already aligning itself up there. It's very intriguing. It's executive produced by Michael Mann. The first episode was directed by Michael Mann. He of Miami Vice and some very stylistic movies as well that we talked about Michael Bay. He was very subdued in his directorial episode and also the preceding episodes. It's very standard storytelling. It's nothing that's going to be outlandish or stylistic, which was kind of a disappointment to me, seeing how he has had his fingertips on so many great stylistic movies over the past three decades, but four decades, actually, if you consider Miami Vice. But still, a really solid watch, and I do recommend it at this point because it's right now has the point where the lead character is getting noticed by the Yakuza and not in a good way, if I may go ahead and add that in. Speaking of main character, how's Ansel Agort in that? Is he... He's from West Side Story, just to let everybody know. Yeah, Baby Driver. Yeah, absolutely. He's actually pretty good. He's actually pretty believable as the guy who comes over from Missouri. He's been studying for years to try and break into the Tokyo newspaper business. He shows he can write and also speak fluent Japanese 
It's very intriguing. He often conversates in Japanese and really is a good part of this equation as far as the series is concerned. Yeah, really strong show. Does not do anything to go ahead and take any chances, but still, it's really solid storytelling. It's based in the first part of the century, 1999 to 2001. That's when this takes place, over a two-year period of time and is a rough start in the industry, the Tokyo newspaper business. And it shows his climb and also getting noticed. The more he does well in the newspapers, the more notice he gets from the Yakuza. And that's where it starts to get interesting. All right, I'll check it out. I know I saw a trailer for that the other day and I was intrigued by it. It's got another storyline with another American girl that is working with bars where she gets paid to go ahead and speak to and uh, accompany Japanese businessmen. That part of it really isn't very interesting. I just think it, it's kind of an added thing that they really did need. Yeah. I think that just the focus on the crime story, which they do 90% of the time, I think that's the best part of the show. But yeah, it's something I think people need to go out of their way and watch. Yeah, I think Ansel Agortz is incredibly talented. This is definitely something I am interested in watching, having, you know, me and you both have a background in news writing. So yeah, definitely we'll check this out and I'll get you my thoughts on it at a later date. Absolutely. If you get a chance, Tokyo Vice, let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. But before we hit the break, my friend, ha ha ha, Severance season one ended last week on Apple Plus and... I'm just going to say it ended on exactly the note I think it needed to. The fact that it had answered some questions and it gave you many more for a season two, which was announced shortly before the episode aired, was truly a great ride. Just the whole nine episodes is a great ride. Severance is, to me, a fantastic watch. The twists and turns are all necessary. They're all needed. You need to pay close attention to detail. It rewards viewers for watching it multiple times. And really, when it comes down to it's not only outstanding acting, it's not only outstanding storytelling and direction, cinematography for the limited spaces that they're in most of the episodes are dictated in are truly, truly outstanding as well. Really, this is something that was well put together by the executive producer, Ben Stiller, who directed several of the episodes. And this, to me, is a case where I think we're seeing some of the best television that's out there for 2022. I already started seeing Atlanta season three, and that's truly fantastic. But you see this fresh new thing on the screen that pops out at you, that tells a mystery, that invests your time, that respects your time. And to me, again, there's a lot of great shows that are out there. I'm sure we'll be talking about The Boys again as far as one of the best that's out there and a lot more shows are coming up this year. But truly, I think right now, if you had to put a finger on it, I think Severance is the best show for 2022. All right. Yeah, still interested in watching. Got to take some time to sit down and check this out. I know it's, yeah, it's, it's the best one, man. It, I, it I, I need to talk some spoilers, man. I, I need to talk some spoilers. Put it this way, I need to go ahead and speak to someone about it because the fact is there's a lot of speculation of what will take place for season two. So I'd love to have a conversation with you or someone out there on it. So, I mean, please let us know. Pop Culture Cosmos, if you watched it and you want to talk season two, let me know. Or Josh, please, come on, sit down for this. Nine episodes. No, no, binge it, no, binge it, binge it, binge it. I need to. Of any show I've ever recommended to you, this is the one. If you like mystery, if you like comedy, dark comedy, if you like, think something that's funny, that's irreverent, that's original, yet familiar, 
that takes you to a place that you didn't see coming each and every time out, this is the show for you. I cannot recommend it highly enough. All right. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Yeah, you keep telling me that. You keep telling me that. You and Melinda both. I'm just like, okay, yeah. It's so I'm hard waiting. to fit new shows in, you know. I'm waiting. Believe me, Halo is nothing compared to this. It's the anti-Halo. I know. It's definitely yeah. worth your time. What are your thoughts out there on Severance Season 1? It is truly an incredible watch for me. Is it the same for you? I've been on the forums. I've been on the Facebook pages and the Facebook groups, and they've had a tremendous response for this. So please, we want to hear your thoughts on Severance on Apple+. Plus. Season 1 is concluded. Did it do everything that you needed to do for a television show? It did for me. But let me know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next is Todd Showalter from the Right Mind Podcast. He's going to be talking about Severance, but also some other things as well, including social media and the impact on entertainment and pop culture. That's coming up after the break. And then after that, Josh and I will be wrapping up the show with thoughts on some video games, Sherlock Holmes, Fast 10, and Ezra Miller. The future as a flash may be in some question. We'll talk about that as well. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back with Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Thank you so much for watching and listening. We truly appreciate it. I'll tell you what, it's a great time to go ahead and talk about pop culture. There's so many great things that are out right now. It's the spring. People are out. People are doing stuff. People are checking out things at the movies. People are catching the latest shows on television. There's so much we talk about each and every day here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. And here today to talk about the pop culture that he wants you to know about, you got to go ahead and check him out on YouTube right now. That's right. YouTube because he's got the right mind. That's right. The Right Mind podcast available right now on YouTube. It is Todd Showalter. Todd, great to have you here. Thank you so much for stopping by. And first off, thank you so much again for allowing me the honor of being part of your program as well. Oh, no, thank you. It was a great show, and that's all thanks to you. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Oh, you don't get me started on pop culture. I'll just start blah, 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 blah. <laughs> There's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. A lot of stuff to cover. Oh, absolutely. I finished editing my show for the Friday dump off to all the stations and, of course, putting it out wherever podcasts are out there. And I appreciate everyone for listening for that. It was funny. I, I finished it around three o'clock in the morning and I'm like, oh, I got to go ahead and check out the last episode of Severance for season one on Apple Plus. And I said, I got to get I've told you about it on your show. I tell like, you, okay. you know what? I followed your uh, suggestion and I, I just finished episode two. Really? And I gotta, yeah, I just started it. And um, I got to tell you, I haven't seen anything quite like that. It took me a while to kind of, you know, fathom what was going on. I'm not used to cerebral television in more ways than one. I won't go into the whole thing of what it's all about. But it's a, it's a really, it's an interesting premise. And it really it kind of sucks you in after a while, doesn't it? 
It does. And that's why people are really invested into it. And they really liked what happened in the season finale. And I won't get into any spoilers because you're just starting out your yeah. adventure and your binge per se. It's like if The Office went bad and yeah. dark, and it really is something that is capturing a lot of people's attention. It, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that weekly, mysterious, everybody getting around the water cooler and talking about what happened with Lost each and every week way back when. Right, right. Well, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I spent about a little bit under a week in corporate America before I escaped, and it brought back really bad memories of the whole corporate culture that... I'm glad to have never ventured back into. So, yeah. It, it does paint a dark portrait of it. Yes, I'm so thankful that you are watching Severance, and it is truly a fantastic part of Apple+. Plus. But there's got to be some more stuff that you're watching. You say you don't watch much as far as on the television that's out there, but what are some of the things that you're hearing? I know you've had some, some great guests recently. Mike mm -hmm. Faber of the ESO Network, he's been stopping by on your program. There's some great shows mm -hmm. that you have right. as part of your program, but... What are some of the things that you're thinking about checking out or that you have checked out that really people should know about? Well, you know, it's funny because a lot of the, the, the guests that I've had on my show, I think I mentioned this to you before, is, you know, you may know them for the roles they've played, but even on the, on the front of, of authors and things like that, what I try to do is kind of go into maybe some of the things that you haven't thought about it. Maybe there's some things that you just didn't really know them for, so to speak. And so I try to bring that to the forefront and kind of show that, you know, yeah, they, they've got the same type of issues as all of us. And they also uh, maybe bring some things to the table that we never would have expected from these people. What are some of the things that you, maybe you, you know, well, you know I mean, you didn't expect? Well, a lot of it is, you know, some of the um, just uh, interest that some of these people have. I mean, I'm one, one person I had on, he was a, uh, a regular on Seinfeld and Friends and things like that, uh, Larry Hankin. I don't know if you're familiar with yes. him. And it turns out, you know, he's a uh, like an industrial designer. He studied, he went to an East Coast school and, you know, he has all that he was going to go to work for General Motors and do all this stuff. And, and so just things like that, that, you know, I like finding things out about people that, you know, you don't typically uh, expect from them. So, you know, that and, you know, I think, you know, just the subject matter of our show, you know, what I try to do is look at the common sense aspect of things. Right now, we live in a time where, you know, there's so many narratives, especially through television, that kind of sway us to think one way or the other. And whether you're a celebrity or whether you're just somebody on the street or whether you're dealing with some issues, how do you look at these different things that we're dealing with in today's culture? And what is your perspective and what common sense aspect do you bring to it? So I don't know. We, we try to cut through all that canned narrative, as I said, and just cut to the chase and see what people really think. You and I both, when we discuss on your show, talked about the influence of social media and how much mm. it's impacted every part of our lives. And obviously, you know, in the real world, it does affect us with certain things that are done on each of the social media platforms. But when it comes to entertainment mm. and the fact that if something is trending in the right direction or something is trending worldwide, it can influence a lot of people. It can influence yourself, myself. It can influence millions of people just mm -hmm. by the way, if it's trending in the right direction, it's almost like a wind flowing in one direction. If it's flowing right for a series or a TV show or a movie or whatnot, that can mean the ultimate decision whether or not that becomes successful or not. 
Oh, yeah. And you got to look at also who are the people that are starting those trends? Like, for example, when when you suggested that I check out Severance, yeah, I mean, you know your stuff. And I think, well, this is worth doing. If it had been some Instagram model that had suggested it, I don't know if I would have done it. So, I mean, I think even though we have all of this stuff in social media designed, I don't know if by with regardless, I mean, to, to sway us one way or another. Again, if you bring the common sense aspect to it, who are the people that are actually suggesting these things? Yeah, I think that plays a big factor. Unfortunately, I think there are a lot of people out there that are following the trends set by people that really uh, don't have any place setting trends. And that's something, again, that you'll see commonplace in our society in social media just people with millions of followers and viewers out there that you go why do they have millions of people that follow them on a daily basis and and are influenced and they make millions of dollars off of that it just it seems sometimes head scratching to say the least but again that's our society as a whole and the things that these entertainment companies, these, these networks, these streaming outlets, these film companies do to go ahead and try and capitalize off that, it can mean a lot as far as your ultimate success factor is concerned. Oh, no, and I totally agree. And, you know, I give all the credit in the world to somebody that can make millions of dollars just spotting their opinion, whether you have any credibility or not. I mean, if they're going to pay the money, go ahead. I just don't understand a lot of people that follow it. I mean, for example, TikTok. I'm not trying to sound like an old man or anything, but I just don't get it. I mean, you have people out there doing ridiculous things and you have people following them like crazy. And, you know, that's neat. That's fine. But, I, you know, I'm not going to base where I'm going to go for dinner based on somebody doing a TikTok prank. And it just seems like they're following the wrong leads. I mean, they're, they're following whoever's popular, regardless of whether they're even worth following. And to me, that's a little scary. Personally, I would like to be following my trends, if I ever did, from people that are actually credible and knew what the heck they were talking about. That doesn't seem to be the case. Before we head it out, is there something you always go to as a go-to type thing for your entertainment? Mm-hmm. I mean, you said your entertainment buffet is in a certain scope. What do you look for in entertainment? Maybe some things from the past that really make your enjoyment that much better? I like television as much as the next guy. It's just, it's some of the newer television that I have a problem with. A lot of the stuff I just, I I can't get into it. So one of the things that I've been doing recently, and my wife both and I, I mean, especially since all this pandemic stuff started, is we've been going back and looking at shows that have been out there for quite some time that people have already known and watched. But one of the things that we're doing now, I just got into Homeland. Okay. I mean, and I am addicted to that show and everybody's been through it. That's old news. And now I think we're on season six or something like that. But in the acting and the stories and the writing and everything, it's just so top notch. Those types of programs really, you know, I mean, I just, I eat them up. I mean, I love them. I mean, they get me involved and I can't wait until the next one. It's not so much that television as a whole. I mean, there's some great content out there. You know, another one was with Gabriel Byrne in therapy. Uh, that, that I came across. It is phenomenal. And I, th- and I came by across it just by mistake. I think he did over 100 episodes of this series that just went on and on and on that nobody really knows about. And it's just a very low-key show. He's a therapist, and he has an ensemble of these patients that he deals with. And it's just one-on-one. It it would be a great play, actually. And each episode has just a a different story of of him in therapy with one of his patients. And I didn't know anything about it. It, It's phenomenal. I I guess one of the things that I have been doing is going back 
and revisiting a lot of these things that uh, a lot of people uh, is just old news for. So that's what I'm doing now. Homeland. I love it. Once again, it's Todd Showalter. And Todd, thank you so much for joining us. But before thank we head you. on out, it's yeah. your time to go ahead and do the plug. The shameless plug time here on the show. Tell oh. us what's going on because you're in the right mind on your program. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd like everybody to come visit my show. Again, it's the Right Mind Podcast. It's on all the major podcast platforms. It's also on YouTube. We cover a lot of controversial issues and try to get a common sense perspective on them, the whole pandemic issue, as well as entertainment, actors, authors, things like that. But again, regardless of what the subject matter is, you know, we try to bring a common sense look at things. It's rather than any type of swayed narrative, from a logical common sense standpoint, what do these people actually think of these things? And it's interesting because sometimes you're surprised. Absolutely. It's something that I am checking out now, and I've been honored to be a part of it. It is the Right Mind Podcast. Please go ahead and check it out today wherever you get your podcast and subscribe today on YouTube. Get to see it in full living yeah, color. Subscribe, right there, please. Yeah, absolutely. So living color. Yeah. yeah. Great show. Again, I thank appreciate you so it. much, Todd, for stopping by. You're always welcome back. As I thank always you. tell you guys, the red carpet is always open for you. I've rolled it on out, so you're well, always I welcome back. I'm not used to that, though. Usually I get the door slammed in my face. No, so this no, is, no, this no is wonderful. door slamming here. No door slamming here. But the red carpet's I always open for you. We appreciate so much time stopping it. by. And thank you so much. And hope you're going to go ahead and come back on the show right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back with the show as the Pop Culture Cosmos. Want to thank so much Todd Showalter from the Right Mind Podcast for stopping by on the program. But before we head on out, Josh... Wanted to go ahead and talk some Ezra Miller because he has gotten into some legal trouble as of late. And if you ever head to Hawaii and have an Airbnb or whatnot, please don't allow him to come over and crash on your couch. Because obviously that's didn't, didn't wasn't a good sign because he uh, kind of freaked out when he was down there in Hawaii. Beautiful place. One of the worst places you should go ahead and do that. But your thoughts on Ezra Miller, because it's now been rumored that Warner Brothers is now rethinking uh, its future with Ezra Miller as a Flash after Flashpoint. Your thoughts on Ezra Miller. We've talked about this before with him. He just doesn't seem to get it that you got to stay out of trouble in order to go ahead and continue a successful career in Hollywood. He's kind of crazy. Like, I don't think it's just the drugs. You know, I think there's something else going on with him that he's needing drugs to suppress. Like, I think he what he needs is some good rounds of therapy. Like, why does he feel the need? Because, you know, I remember back when he was in The Perks of Being a Wallflower, he's just kind of like, whatever. You know, he's just kind of a normal actor. And then it seems like with the more money he gets, the more he kind of falls off his rocker. 
much as like i think he was cool as the flash like they should recast him and i kind of i've been following the story a little bit and i know they're trying to say like hey with the flashpoint the multiverse open like you could easily get grant gustin i think his name is yeah. from the the flash show that'd be a good place to end the show and just have him take over in the dcu role which would be kind of cool if you think about it absolutely because they've already tried to introduce it already on the tv show where Ezra Miller has stopped by to do a cameo on that show as the flash is a different flash and the flashpoint and all that. But yeah, yeah, definitely something that they need to think about. Also, you got to realize that these actors, they start getting in trouble like this. He's not necessarily needed on the fantastic beast. I understand that he's part of the latest fantastic beast, which can be dropping here in a week. But I think that he could be like Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen replaced Johnny Depp. No one seems to be really up in arms about that as far as that's concerned. And if Ezra Miller got replaced on that, I don't think anybody would be in up in arms about that either. And I think that if he loses the flash job, he only has himself to blame. You know who kind of looks like him is Barry Kilgan. Yes. They could just recast him with him. And I don't think half the people who watch these movies really know the difference because they... No. They kind of have the same like facial structure kind yeah. of. So I don't know, man. I, you know, but one's I was a little know, bit more serious. One's a little bit more comedic. I think. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. And I know Barry contract with Marvel with the Eternals and he's contracted with Warner Brothers right now because he was the Joker in the new Batman. Yes. Could work. That, that's just my opinion, though. There you go. We'll wait and see. What are your thoughts out there on Ezra Miller's constant troubles? Do you think he will still have a future or should he have a future as the Flash? Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, before we head on out, my friend, much to cover on the video game world as Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga came out last week to positive reviews. The only thing is, did it come out two years too late? I guess if you're looking at it in like through the eyes of continuity, yeah, probably, but with these Lego games, kids eat these up, man. Like you can push out a Lego game of any type. You do a back to the future, you do a Titanic Lego game and people will still eat this stuff up. It's like the Ghostbusters game. There's a Ghostbusters game coming out later this year, but after the movie came out last year, I mean, you got to do the tie-ins, man. You got to tie it in together. Right, right. You got to do the tie-ins. But again, like I, a lot of the people who play these are little kids and I don't think they're playing them for content. I think they're playing them because you can do four player co-op and you can build things with your friends and they're easy achievements. Like there's so much of these games outside the story that are so enjoyable for a lot of people. Is the Lego series all really played now by kids, just by kids. Do you check out I, the streams? No, they're not all played by kids. Cause I know I have coworkers who play these Lego games and they they'll do it for trophies or they'll do it for achievements or they'll just do it because it's a way for them to bond with their kids, you know? And that's, that's something that I think they have really cornered the market on because there's not a lot of games out there that provide an opportunity like that. Well, we'll see what happens again. It is Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. If you have played it or enjoying it, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Kingdom Hearts, as part of its 20th anniversary celebration, announced that a new Kingdom Hearts is on the way. You're shaking your head no. Is that something that you're obviously interested in or not? You let me no. know. Kingdom Hearts 4? No. No. Why? Why? I mean, Kingdom, money, Hearts, man. Kingdom Hearts 3 took like 15 years to come out. Kingdom Hearts 4, it's, I'm going to be 40. No. Oh, I'll probably be like 45 when this game is finally released. I'll be but, 92. Yeah, right. Exactly. So 
why you know these games the last game was not really like lauded by critics you know people weren't like stoked to play it and these games take so long to develop the storylines are so convoluted like my your heart's heart is my heart 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 like it's just like it doesn't make any sense tetsuya nomura like he's not somebody who should be put in charge of a project like kingdom hearts because he has made it so inaccessible for so many people you know and if they're trying to do like final fantasy they're like hey you can jump in on whatever entry you want to the story in kingdom hearts is so hard to follow that you would be completely lost despite all the disney characters oh no they'll also come out with kingdom hearts three and a third kingdom hearts three and seven eights oh uh, yeah yeah five nineteenths you know they they have all these uh, offshoots, which again, like Final Fantasy, instead of bringing out a new thing in the series, they'll always just go ahead and branch off and to do something a little bit extra that's still familiar yet still follows the same well, true line. Yeah, right. And speaking of Final Fantasy, because Nomura was in charge of that series too. Remember back when Final Fantasy versus thirteen, Final Fantasy thirteen, Ag- Agito or Agito or whatever it's called, he was in charge of that whole universe, and then he just took so darn long to make these games that square was like you know what we're gonna give final fantasy versus 13 to someone else and we're gonna turn to final fantasy 15 came out game was pretty good it's so so funny though we're talking about uh, we started our conversation today with talking about originality and not going into sequels and what do we ended up doing for most of the rest of the show talking about sequels but it just you know you, you just look at the development process for a game like kingdom hearts and not to say Nomura's not talented, he just takes, he's just not a good storyteller and it takes him so long to do things. Like the worlds he makes are beautiful, but it's just, they're so hard to follow and they're so hard to approach as a new player. Cause look at, we're having Kingdom Hearts 4 come out. It's been 20, yeah, it's been 20 years since the first Kingdom Hearts game came out. And if you're trying to get new fans onto this franchise, those old games are so hard and they're so hard to follow and you jump on at number four and it's just gonna you're gonna be lost so i just this is not a franchise that i feel needs to keep going one thing that will still keep going is tomb raider because another tomb raider has been announced i think the rebirth of tomb raider as it were the reimagining of tomb raider worked well the first couple times around your thoughts on continuing this series it was also announced alongside a announcement of a new unreal engine unreal engine 5 that's now available to all the developers and publishers out there to go ahead and develop their games with your thoughts on a new tomb raider on the horizon for crystal dynamics i think it's great like i've actually been hoping for this i don't know if you got a chance to go play the tomb raider games but they're really good you know they're they're fun they've got an uncharted vibe to them they don't have the comedy you know of nathan drake the the comedic moments but it's still really interesting a lot of great puzzles a lot of great mythology in there a lot of great backstory for some of these characters got a killer bow by the way yeah yeah the bone like the game mechanics yeah the the bow and arrow and the crafting systems are really well put together in this series i didn't really like the ending of the last game but it's still a world that i would go back to and unlike you know final fantasies or kingdom hearts or whatever you can jump in on this game on any entry like sometimes they have small little references to the games that came before but for the most part like every entry feels like a great jumping on point for people who have never played well again it's going to be very interesting to see what will develop out of 
a new Tomb Raider for Lara Croft. Trying to go ahead and explore the world once again as only she can. We'll see if this continues to be a successful series for Crystal Dynamics or... I know that Square Enix has been critical of the last game's success or lack thereof. It didn't meet the levels of success that they wanted to. In fact, they've been quite critical of the domestic releases of late that they've, in fact, what the last Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, was something that was critically hailed, but didn't perform at the level that they expected, nor has the Avengers, something that they were very high on and I think a lot of people were anticipating to be great but unfortunately didn't quite stick the landing there as well so it's the Marvel properties that seem to be not doing so well for them but when the last Tomb Raider came out it also didn't meet their sales expectations from what I remember to me like I felt like the South American Mayan end of the world type thing was not a great story because I feel like it's just been beaten to death. And I wonder if that's what kind of drove a lot of people away from it, too. Who knows? Who knows? But I'm hoping that I will go ahead and continue to revive the Lara Croft character. We'll see what happens with the new Tomb Raider. But your thoughts out there on Tomb Raider and also Unreal Engine 5, if you have any thoughts on that, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. And also, Share us your thoughts out there on Kingdom Hearts, the new Kingdom Hearts on the way. Maybe by the time we hit Senior Citizens, but you know, it'll be coming out supposedly <laughs> at some point in right. time. But let us know. Kingdom Hearts 4, Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we head on out, my friend, a couple last notes. I know that the entertainment world was abuzz when they heard Robert Downey Jr.'s name pop up, but it was only said that he is going to be executive producing a new Sherlock Holmes series, I believe, for HBO and HBO Max. I guess that's okay. I still would like to see another movie. This is one where I think that there should be another movie with him and Jude Law as opposed to a series that he's only going to be overseeing and not really interacting with on a starring basis. What are your thoughts on that? I feel the same. Like, I know he was supposed to be in a third one. And as far as I know, he still is going to be in a third one. But when COVID started, they halted production on that indefinitely. It just hasn't been put back into production yet. So I don't know what's going on with that. I know Jude Law's doing the Fantastic Beast series right now. So it might be a while. But as far as like an extended universe, yeah, that could be cool. But I don't know what else would inhabit that universe. There's not really... I mean, Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes has been done so many times in yeah. so many ways, in so many different fashions. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if they're like a Watson spinoff or if there's going to be like some kind of like Jack the Ripper spinoff. I don't know. Like it's a world that doesn't I don't feel like it. It, it sounds cool in theory, but I don't think there's enough in it to really do something like that. We've seen Enola Holmes. We've seen Elementary. We've seen sherlock with benedict cumberbatch i mean we've seen so many variations in recent years you're not even talking about the last two three decades before that i'm talking about in recent years what really can you bring to the game when it comes to a new version of sherlock holmes yeah you know what makes those movies so great is is guy Ritchie and his the way that he's he edits things and the way that he tells stories and I don't think that that's going because chances are he's not going to be involved in these spinoffs. So I, I don't know how well that that's going to translate into a show. Well, we'll see what happens there. But if you have hopes for a Robert Downey Jr. blessing on a new series for Sherlock Holmes, 
please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com although again with hbo having all these ips out there you got to go ahead and do something with them to make series out of them it's all about content something i've talked about is before with a streaming service having an ip that is going to be in need of content that is peacock and they still haven't done yet anything with the fast series outside of the movies and you mentioned brie larson jumping on fast 10 joining jason momoa and probably every other big star that's not named the rocks turning into the expendables is what's happening here that's all it is and but again the fast and furious has never been based on coherent storytelling it's never been based on even good storytelling it's michael bay syndrome the michael bay syndrome is just about how many cars can we jump where can we go to next can we go to space can we see people screaming all over the place and, and laughing and, you know, just a couple good jokes and blah, 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 I live my life quarter mile at a time, blah, 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 blah. And all that, you know, that's great. I mean, we'll see it. We'll watch it. It's again, like you said earlier with Sonic's popcorn flick, that's all it needs to do. But I think there should be a future for it once Fast 10 and the sequel is done, you know, the two-parter that they're going to be doing for it. They got to go ahead and look towards the future. And I would say Peacock again, you're going to have to develop a series for it. It wouldn't be that hard. It wouldn't be that stretch. You just, you know, again, crash some cars and there you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not to say Brie Larson's a bad actress. I just don't really go out of my way to watch a lot of things that she's in just because I'm not too familiar with her outside the Marvel movies. Getting Academy kind of Award winner. Academy Award winner. Getting kind of burnt out on the Fast movies myself. So I don't know if this is big news to me, but it's, yeah, like you said, it just seems like they're trying to assemble as many people as possible. And, you know, I feel like if they get any more big actors, this could possibly turn into the most expensive movie ever made. Most likely. But remember, it's all about family, family, family. Yeah. But again, you lose the rock. You're trying to replace the rock with so many other different big name stars. I think that's all that matters. I think that's Mm -hmm. all it comes down to is just, that's all you're going to do is, okay, we lost a big name. We got to get like two or three big names to go ahead and replace them. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny how Vin Diesel's like trying to, oh, it's tough love, man. Like, yeah, you don't tough love the rock. No, you don't. No, no. But what are your <laughs> thoughts out there on how Fast 10 is developing? Are you excited for the new additions in Brie Larson and Jason Momoa? I'm sure more is on the way to come for Fast 10. So please let us know. Cosmos at yahoo.com. My friend, thanks so much, as always, for being part of this week's show. Coming up later this week on the Friday show, you know we're going to be talking about more great things in pop culture as Melinda Barkhouse-Ross and I steps into the PCC multiverse. But any last thoughts before we head on out? No, not that I can think of. You know, I've, I've been getting a little more excited for Jurassic World Dominion, you know, seeing some new things on there, and I'm sure we'll have more to talk about once but You mentioned something about the Joker. Colin Trevorov had said that the big, you know how they had like Spinosaurus in Jurassic Park 3 and the Indo whatever, his the Indoraptor in the last movie, like the big like villain dinosaur in this, he's like equating to the Joker, like the end all be all, you know, just wanting to watch the world burn type of character. So it'll be interesting to see like what he means by that, because obviously dinosaurs aren't sentient enough to, or well, they're sentient, but they're not like intelligent enough to be like, I'm going to organize crime. So I just am interested to see what he means by that. Are you sure? We could have another situation where it's you saying, clever girl. Yeah, right, right. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. 
It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great